0: Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. This sermon was preached by me, the Rev. Mike Angel, Rector of Holy Communion, on Sunday, September twenty seventh, 2020, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. In the name of the loving, life-giving, liberating God, Amen. This week felt like a bit of a car crash of faith and politics. That was certainly true on the national level, but for me this week, it was a little closer to home. You may have read one of the stories in the Post-Dispatch about a panel that Holy Communion had just a small part in sponsoring around the election and immigration policy. In the days that followed the online panel, a group of very vocal Catholics commented on the recording, claiming it amounted to an endorsement for the wrong presidential candidate in their estimation. They made a fuss. They also spent time making fun of our bishop who gave the opening prayer. He was disparaged for being an immigrant and for being a gay man married to another immigrant. He's doing fine. We've talked. The controversy also may have cost a colleague and good friend her job with the Roman Catholic Archdiocese. Marie Kenyon, a prominent attorney and human rights advocate, has been put on indefinite administrative leave by the new archbishop. Until this week, she served as the director for the Peace and Justice Commission. The Archdiocese released a statement that read, essentially, we shouldn't mix faith and politics. I needed to get that story off my chest before I could turn to Scripture this morning. I've been feeling like the Israelites, grumbly, frustrated, tired. I told you last week, I think these stories we have from Exodus tell us about the state of the people Israel. They don't know how to hope. They've spent so long under the whip and the lash, they don't know how to trust. God gives water not just to keep them hydrated, but to heal their traumatized souls. I have to confess to you as your pastor, I am afraid I have fallen short. You know I disagree with the statement from the Archdiocese, from the sentiment behind it. You know I believe that politics and faith sometimes belong together. As our presiding bishop recently said in his word to the church, partisan neutrality does not mean moral neutrality. I believe there are times when people of faith must get involved in politics. But I confess to you I have fallen short. I haven't gotten the mix of faith and politics quite right. I attended this panel live. Nothing that the panelists said gave me pause. I heard no violations of any election laws. Panelists explicitly said that we were not there to endorse any candidate. Immigration policies of the current and the previous administration were critiqued. The panel was bipartisan in the sense that they judged both parties as coming up short for immigrants. But in the response that followed the panel, I have come to the conclusion that when I have mixed faith and politics, I haven't leaned enough into hope. The panel made me sad. The response made me angry. And for someone who claims to follow Jesus, this is problematic. And Jesus didn't just walk around saying, woe to you. Jesus is best known for saying, blessed are you. Jesus helped people to hope. In today's gospel, Jesus may have been talking with the Pharisees and the temple police, but he was speaking for the tax collectors and the prostitutes. He was making sure they knew they were blessed. They were going into the kingdom of heaven ahead of the religious authorities. In God's kingdom, no one is expendable. Everyone has hope. So today, I want to spend the balance of this sermon talking about hope. I want to tell you two stories related to immigration that give me hope. I probably focus in on questions of faith and politics in part because of where I started my ordained ministry. I know I tell a number of stories about St. John's in Washington. Honestly, though, the best stories aren't about the president walking across the street to pray. Many of the best stories from St. John's, the stories that still give me hope today, are the stories that start at 1 p.m. at the Spanish language service. For four and a half years, I had the privilege of serving the immigrant congregation at St. John's. It meant that I was often still at church at 4 p.m. because the Misa en Español was followed by a long, leisurely almuerzo. We sat around eating lunch, talking, playing guitars, watching the antics of the little kids. One story lasted for about a month and a half of those Sunday afternoons. A group of the congregation huddled together at one end of the lunch tables around an elder of the congregation, a delightful Chilean woman named Maria. You see, after years of petitioning, Maria had received word that she had been accepted to take the citizenship exam. And Sunday lunch for those six weeks turned into an ongoing civics quiz, Maria always struck me as the kind of person who just didn't have a mind for details, but she certainly loved all of the attention she commanded in those weeks at church. The Sunday before the test, we were all a little worried, and Maria still consistently answered about half the practice questions wrong. But the following week, she came to church with a printout. She had passed her test. Some of the women in the congregation moved quickly, sneaking out of church right after receiving Eucharist. They ran to the grocery store, and by hand in the church kitchen, they redecorated a store-bought birthday cake with a Chilean and an American flag. That lunch that Sunday afternoon, it became an instant party. Maria was going to be a citizen. Another family had to keep their celebration quiet. Another of our matriarchs was a woman named Esther from El Salvador. She always made me laugh uh, with her quiet humor. She had this way of rolling her eyes and then smiling whenever anything went wrong that was just reassuring and sardonic. Esther had a granddaughter named Anna who lived with her, a woman in her early 20s, just a few years younger than I was at the time. Esther had a green card which she received not long after escaping the war in El Salvador through an official channel for refugees. But Esther was often unable to work. Her diabetes and other health challenges meant that she couldn't stay on her feet that long. Anna had come to the United States with her mother as a young, young child. Her mother had also fled the war but came after the official channels had closed. Anna was left with grandma to grow up in the United States. It was safer even without papers. Anna finished high school, got an associate's degree, and qualified as a medical technician, but couldn't hold steady work because she didn't have a visa. At one point, she found a family she helped to care for an elderly patient at home for a few months. They agreed to pay her cash, but they kept forgetting. When Anna asked for the umpteenth time, the family turned on her, and what are you going to do about it? You can't sue. They'll deport you. Anna had two little boys of her own at the time, in Esther's care most of the time, and the church often had to help this family make rent or pay a utility bill, and the family was always embarrassed to ask. Then in late 2012, Esther and Anna came up to me at that lunch with tears in their eyes. Anna had received DACA status. She had a work permit and two interviews scheduled for the following weeks for jobs that paid 19 or $20 an hour. A dreamer status still felt tenuous and they didn't want it to be very public. They didn't want a party. I've changed their names in telling their story to protect their privacy. Still, within a few months, the four of them moved out of their one-bedroom moldy basement apartment. We had dinner together and blessed their new home. In today's gospel, Jesus looks at the representatives of the religious establishment and says, those prostitutes and tax collectors, those people you revile so much, those people you preach against, they're going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. They're going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. I have to believe it is because Jesus spent so much time Jesus broke bread with people who were considered unworthy. Because he spent all that time with those society counted out, Jesus knew the spirit of God wasn't partisan. God doesn't respect the divisions we humans create. Jesus was naming the blessing he saw. I don't even know how many generations my family has been in this country. I know I have four-time and five-time great-grandparents who were born here. But I've never known folks more committed to the idea of America. I've never known better citizens than the immigrants along whom I have had the privilege to serve. My faith teaches me to hope for a politics that can recognize the blessing immigrants are to our country. My faith teaches me to listen, to eat with, to laugh with those whose great hope is to make a better life. Yes for themselves, yes for their families, but also for the wider community to which they have immigrated. The Roman Catholic Archdiocese of St. Louis may have pulled the plug on their own participation in these immigrant forums. They have that right, but the Archbishop can't cancel them entirely. I've spoken to my colleague, Rory Pickerenice at the Jewish Community Relations Council, another sponsor, and I've spoken to our bishop we are going to continue the series. It might take us a few days to pivot, so stay tuned for the new schedule, but I hope you'll participate. The question I hope these immigration policy panels seek to answer is this. What words of faith, what political policies would treat immigrants not as a problem, but a blessing? If we believe that all people are created in God's image, if we believe, as the scripture tells us, that God takes a special interest in immigrant communities, if we remember, as God asks us to, that our spiritual ancestors were strangers in a strange land, how do we preach in our pulpits? How do we legislate? How do we show up to our workplaces so that the immigrants among us know their worth? Can we mix our faith and politics in ways that give people hope? Amen.